Welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the Hockey Show Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm John. And John, where are you at today? Because I'm, I'm looking at you, but this is not your room. This is not your typical domain. Uh, yeah, I am in Port Washington, Wisconsin Ooh. at the moment. I'm tra- traveling around a bit for work. There's a great view of uh, Lake Michigan out here. If I turn slightly to the right, there is a great view of a um, what I'm pretty sure is a coal-fired uh, power plant. Hey, America! So throws off throws off the scenery a little bit. <laughs> that's uh, uh, yeah, that's something. But yeah, Wisconsin as a whole is pretty cool. All right. Have you ever had Culver's? What? what? Culver's. It's a fast food chain that's based in Wisconsin. Uh, we have one in Columbus, but you'll notice when we when you came to visit, I did not take you to Culver's. I can't explain why, but it hits different when you're in Wisconsin. Huh? Is it like is that like the home of it, or is it just because I I, yeah. I don't want? Okay, that explains it. Culver's. Yeah, it uh, it it's your typical fast food fare, but uh, involves it significantly more butter. And uh, they make everything fresh to order. So it takes a little oh. while to come to you, but it's worth it every time. And just the, the cheese curds always hit different, man. It, it's, I mean, it has to be experienced. I mean, you're in, you're in the cheese capital, right? Although, yeah. although I heard don't call them cheese heads. Is that a thing? I was in Green Bay this morning. Oh, <laughs> look at you. You just fancy. You just travel in the world for work and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah. When when I travel for work, I just go from like customer to customer and they're usually spread out a lot. <laughs> so if I'm ever like, Oh, I'm in Colorado, people are like, Oh, what part? I'm like, all of it, yeah. literally the entire thing. You're like, I'm going to be spending the majority of my time in my car, going from one end of Colorado to the other, and then across Colorado, and then back the other way. So Either east first or west. Diagonal route through Colorado. (laughs) Exactly. Then I'm going to be going southeast at some point in time. It's all weird. You'll see me in in Puebla. uh, Yeah, Puebla, right? Or is it Puebla? No, Puebla is in. uh, I've been to Puebla. Yeah. 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 I was getting confused there. I was like, ooh, which one is it? Is it. Where where did I go when I studied abroad when I got to live in Mexico? Was it Pueblo or Puebla? Oh, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, because that's I remember that was a big deal. They were like, We have a sister uh state with you guys in Colorado. And I was like, Oh, cool. I should go. Never gonna <laughs> end up in Colorado. And if I do, it'd be Denver because I'd want to go see a hockey game. Uh all my travels yeah. revolve around hockey and baseball. <laughs> where is there an arena and where is there a baseball stadium? <laughs> I will go. Uh, so yeah, there, there are worse way- reasons to travel. Seriously. Uh, it's why I want to come back to Columbus again. I mean, outside of the fact that you're there and there was a lot of really good food and that was my first time ever having Tim Hortons. Eh? Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I need me some more Tim Hortons. Eh? Uh, all right, let's talk a little hockey. Because nothing happened this past week. Uh, game started up again yesterday. As of this recording, I've got the uh, Colorado-Pittsburgh game on right now. I'll probably be throwing on the Islanders-Seattle uh, game here in a minute as well. But there was an all-star weekend. Things happened. There was, I guess, some type of cornhole puck shooting thing on the sand. I don't know. I actually, I know we do this podcast, but I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. I watched nothing 
from this weekend. I just know that like Kaprizov got out of like the fastest skater. Yeah, you, you know, if there's one thing that we learned starting our original podcast during a hockey lockout, <laughs> it's that we don't need hockey to have things to talk about. That's true. Uh I I did kind of make it a point of watching some of the All-Star game. Uh, I don't know why, probably because I have some sort of brain disease about it. Uh, the the skills competition, I didn't see any of. Uh, I did see the phrase worst ever being thrown around on Twitter and uh, not once or twice. And, and it seemed like the way they had some, you know, segments that were filmed ahead of time, uh, which makes sense for a TV event, but they were kind of cut in between and so rather than seeing one event from start to finish they were jumping around between them and i think that probably made it really difficult to follow that doesn't sound very fun yeah i heard the i i i what i saw was with the whatever they did on the beach really did not sit well with the portion of hockey twitter that i get a lot of in my feed where people were very really? underwhelmed by it. They thought it was a waste of time. Uh, the dunk tank stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of that stuff was very, I didn't see a good reception to that, which honestly was like kind of the sell this year of we're going to be on the yeah. beach because we're going to the beach. Woo. And this is going to be different from all the other things. And kudos for thinking out of the box, but it, it seems like it didn't really. Hit. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to give them credit for trying new things and eventually we'll come up with things that stick. Um, I thought the jerseys for the all-star game themselves kind of difficult to tell apart. So yeah. Same socks, same pants and same like lower portion of the Jersey. Like I liked the design cause it had like the star in it on the front and back, but that's probably because that's what they had in the nineties. Yeah. And of course, we all long for what we had as children. Um, but yeah, the only real difference was kind of like one team had like a darker upper half and a, the other team had a lighter upper half. And I'd like to chalk it up to just being colorblind. But yeah, it, it was a little hard to follow. Another thing that I saw on my Twitter feed. Okay, so it's not just me. No. Yeah, uh, seeing Ovi and Crosby on the same line was cool as hell. Um, I, I tweeted out at one point. I'm like, I'm like, how do you have Ovechkin and Crosby on your team and still lose? I mean, it's the All Star Game. The, the, <laughs> you know what? Could Chuck went crazy? That's why. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, like, see, seeing them play together was cool, and it was also kind of cool the way like Crosby would pass to Ovechkin, and you would just assume Ovechkin would take the shot, but then he passes it back to Crosby right away, and Crosby scores. Like it, it was neat to see. I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, draw it out to be like a big historical moment, but I was glad I tuned in for that. I, I uh, will say one thing that I think what was cool is that there were, like you just bring up, there were some highlight stuff. Like I saw some highlights from it and it didn't just look like the typical all-star game of people just, oh, la-di-da. Like there were people at least attempted. So when it was like a Mm -hmm. two-on-one, it wasn't just that. It's really just a two-on-oh because the whoever's on defense isn't even going to try and stop, make a play. Like they at least 
they at least faked it enough where when I saw the highlights, I was like, oh, that was a cool play. Oh, that was a cool play. Oh, yeah. that was cool. Instead of being like, dude. <sighs> I I did see uh, like one of my favorite parts was uh, Rasmus Dahlin had a break and uh, Seth Jones hooked him on the hand. So he got a penalty shot. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Seth Jones taking a penalty after getting beat defensively? Yeah, he still got it. And so the uh, the other part that I thought was funny is uh, towards the end of the game, uh, Ovechkin just like threw his stick down the ice. And I was like, you know, the last time I saw him do that at an all-star game, I'm pretty sure that was a penalty shot too. Yeah. Because you can't do that. That's like an automatic yeah. thing. And so it's fun to see them actually call stuff like that. I did kind of like gradually put together a list of things that I would like to see between the skills competition and the, uh, and the game itself. If you want to hear, of course. So you have your three staple events that you can't really get rid of, which is fastest skater breakaway challenge and accuracy shooting. Mm -hmm. Those all got to stay. And hardest shot. Okay, four things have got to stay. I want to see backwards skating. Ooh. Because I feel like that has to be a very underrated skill. And if we tried to figure out who was the fastest person when skating backwards, it probably wouldn't be the same as skating forwards, right? Yeah, it wouldn't be. And it wouldn't be the same three people every year, pretty much, you know. When, when they get yeah. in there going, yeah, all right, we know who that is. We know who that is. Kind of like how it always was with the hardest shot with Chara mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Ally Afraidy and all of them uh, back yeah. in the day where you were just like, yeah, they're winning. Um, that's a cool idea because that also – I feel like that also would be more of a defenseman thing. You know, you got some forwards that know yeah. how to back check and, and can skate backwards, but you, you got to imagine that that's, a de that's the defenseman. But seeing the teams for this past All-Star game, they – Really, some of them didn't really care to have defensemen go represent at the All Star Game. <laughs> I mean, West Coast. three on three, yeah, you can you can do whatever. Yeah. But I plus like even if it ends up being like Connor McDavid, like how cool is that to be? Like he could skate backwards faster than most defensemen. No, like, no, John Scott would not. Mm -mm, he would disagree that Connor McDavid can skate backwards <laughs> fast. Remember, he's bad. He's bad at everything. Yeah, well, hey, the. The Pacific team did end up losing uh, their first game against the Central and were the first team eliminated. So it just goes to prove yeah. you can't win with Connor yeah. McDavid. Even an all-star game. Uh, <laughs> I, I really want to see a skater-goalie swap. <laughs> I want to know what, what all-star forward is the best at playing goal. Because you know, like people have tried other positions before. Maybe not as many forwards have tried being a goalie, but a lot of goalies have tried being forwards. All right. And I kind of want to see, you know, can Connor Hellebuck uh, dangle somebody? You know, I, I want to see. Yeah, uh, there was a really cool thing that it may have happened during the lockout where Crosby like went to a beer league game like as the goalie. So, like, forwards have to, like, play around with this idea every now and again. I think it would be fun. To I, I think the only hiccup with that is I could see owners and GMs going, hell no, I don't want Sidney Crosby putting on goalie pads and trying to make a save and potentially 
having a Mike Richter at the all-star game moment where, you know, he tears something and he's down and he's out and we lost our superstar player. Um, But outside of that, I think that is a really cool idea because yeah, I would love to see like Shesterkin going up against Ovechkin or something like that. Uh, That would be cool. That would be, that would be really fun. But yeah, outside of the whole yeah, and, and like maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm totally off base, and they don't have this skill set. But realistically, we've never given it a chance, so that'd be fun to see. Uh, and I think it would be cool to have a segment for off ice skills. Uh, the two that I came up with was best warm up speech. Like if you could see someone go head to head with like Ryan Reeves yeah. or something for that, I think. Players could have a lot of fun with that, and uh, but it might, you know, have the uh, cardinal sin of having personality as a hockey player. Uh, but if you want to lean into that, you could do try to do most boring press conference and see like how see a player and how many like cliches he can fit into like a sixty second question and answer. I would want, since this all happens on ESPN now, I would want Wyshynski to get stuck with that job (laughs) because he would play it like out of everybody that works at ESPN. If that's the bit, I'm sorry. Like I love Emily Kaplan, but Wyshynski would sell that bit with like McDavid or Hellebuck or just whoever it is. Like he would 100% that that's something I would need. That would be really fun. That's it. That's I, I prefer that as opposed to the hype, the hype, whatever, you know, nobody can beat Ryan Reed. Yeah. He's the freaking best at it. Uh, it, it. You know, you know what would be good for this is uh, if you got someone like PK Subban <laughs> in there, who's just trying to make the player laugh the whole time. And the player has to like, keep a straight face and give those like typical hockey answers for everything. That's that could is. work. There it is. You actually you got it. You got it more right because they would never put. <laughs> they they would absolutely. Well, I didn't have the idea it. until you mentioned that. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's kind of. I don't know. That's that's a fun idea. I like that idea. I I mean, again, these are all things that they'll never do. But. <laughs> yeah, the uh, when they did the All Star Game in St. Louis, uh, for the skills competition, they involved uh, women. A lot and had like those pros going out and like demonstrating things and i think like you could use them as like goalies for a lot of things you could use them for you know competitors of fastest skater or like other stuff like i thought it was cool that they involved women and of course the big controversy came when uh kendall coin schofield uh went faster than everybody mm-hmm. and everyone started clamoring that they should give her the prize money instead uh, but you know, that was a, that was still a pretty cool moment. And I think I'd like to see them involved more in it, even if it's just a, you know, exhibition 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, and then watching the game itself, I thought to myself, how funny would it be if a team got shut out? <laughs> just like one goalie was insanely dominant, did not want to go along with allowing a whole bunch of scoring and just shut shut out an all-star team. I mean, that would be that would be fun to watch. I would be into watching that. <laughs> I 
I feel like it would be more fun to just watch the reaction afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, like, chaos makes for yeah. good TV. Yeah, yeah. So Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> now, 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 one thing also came to mind as I was watching it. Of course, the uh, Brady Kachuk and uh, Matthew Kachuk both played on the same team, on the same line. And I, and you know, before that trade happened, they would have been opposing each other. And so I just want to ask you this for your relationship with your brothers. Would you rather be on the same team with them or would you rather be opposing them on different teams? Oh, 100% on the same team. It's just so much more really? fun. Yeah. I mean, Ken and I did that. We played together. We, we were defensive pairing for yeah. like three years of playing together in adult league hockey. That's right. That's why I do this podcast because I played adult league. So that's what makes me an expert. Um, <laughs> the hashtag played the game. Yeah, baby. Uh, have you have have yeah, you ever please. had? I'm like the Wade Boggs story, man. Have you ever had like 32 beers that hit the ice? <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was there that night. in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's I totally, always thought like it's totally, you know, it, that's my life. And the this might say more about my relationship with my brothers than it does me. But I feel like I would be so competitive while having them on my team. It would still matter, you know, who got MVP or, you know, he had more assists, but I had more goals and this, that, the other. Like, just put us on separate teams and let us compete against each other. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Because I feel like as that competitiveness as well of the, oh, hey, uh, I was a plus five tonight. Um, You were only a plus three. Yeah, <laughs> you know things like that. Yeah, and, and, and seeing them jaw back and forth at each other for uh, who was going to get the car for the MVP was a lot of fun to watch too. And and, and that's what gave me the idea is like seeing that is like you know this is going to be brought up at Thanksgiving or whatever family gathering happens over the summer. Yeah, you roll up in that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Cool. We spent a lot of time on the All-Star game, more than I expected, which, uh, all right, that's fun. Uh, you know, it's a thing that happened. Toronto next year as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's going on. Um, next up, the big thing for the league is going to be the Stadium Series game, Hurricanes-Capitals. That's uh, – I guess we'll talk more about that probably in two weeks because it's uh, happening uh, not this weekend since we have another big – game happening yeah. but the following weekend uh i have a big update on that uh i am not going to be covering that game i had put in an application to cover it and oh. the nhl denied it so this is my rant of the nhl i got two words for you at least i got back to you yeah that's true i'm still you know <laughs> there's no job there's no jobs i applied for Eight years ago that I haven't heard back from. Um, all right. Before we get into um, kind of all the craziness of Bo Horvat's extension, things like that, uh, all the news and notes around the league and like trying to make some sense of the deadline that's approaching. Big topic of conversation. Uh, two big topics of conversation. One, let's start last night. Uh, games return to action, and for some reason, everybody once again is talking about Jacob Truba. He laid out two big hits last night. 
Apparently people think that they were dirty hits again. Apparently other people think they were clean hits again. He doesn't have any type of hearing with the NHL. They were clean hits. They were clean hits. They were hard hits. They're exactly what we've talked about in the past. He's a dude that plays a very borderline game, but never, like, he rarely crosses that border. And, and the, uh, and what was, what made me feel a little disappointed is that this game had everything to it. There was high end scoring, there was big hits, there was fights. There was last-minute heroics. There, there was so much happened in this game uh, that just somehow just the only thing anyone's talking about is the Jacob Truba hit on Nazem Kadri. Uh, to where he, if, you, if you guys haven't seen it, go look it up. He lowers his shoulder and just annihilates this Nazem Kadri. Uh, in, in not even in like a predatory manner, just a, somewhere where you can see it and would be like, okay, yeah, a hit's probably a good play to make there. It separates him from the puck, you know, doesn't hit him in the head or anything dangerous like that. But uh, it's almost kind of underrated how Jacob Truba is with this because the game is so fast. It's so hard to make hits like this and not get suspended for them. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, I almost feel like we should appreciate that more than we just like try to get the Zabruder film of every hit he makes and try to determine if it's a, a clean hit or not. Well, I agree with you there. I'm, I'm very tired of the anytime he makes a hit, we have to, oh, what happened? It was a big hit. Jacob Truba, break it down. Let's slow it down. And if you freeze the frame – five seconds after the contact has already been made and the follow through is going on and a player is starting to fly backwards. Look at where his elbow is. It clearly made contact. What the hell are we doing at this point? Like, I, yeah, I, I get it. It's hard hits. We're not accustomed to seeing them. And you're right uh, to give him props. He actually does a really good job at laying out the big hits without crossing the line, but also by making the hits possible. Like he's not missing them. So he, yeah. he's able to read the play. So he read Kadri making that move, lined him up and nailed him right as he was completing his move to try and deke him out. That's why the hit was vicious. That's why his hits are vicious because it's somebody trying to make a move as he's read the play and is going into his hit. So that person is making their move right into that hit. That's what happened last night. He lined up Kadri. Kadri tried to deke him and ended up going right into the true, true train. And if you missed it last night, <laughs> uh, I just kind of want to point out uh, Saturday, February the 18th. Uh, this might be Hockey Night in Canada's uh, Western game, but uh, the Rangers will be in Calgary. Ooh. So might be worth circling on the calendar. Well, I mean, if it is it. Probably going to get out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because the Rangers have a pretty tough um, – everybody that they face right now, it's like it, they face Calgary, then Calgary. Uh, they get the Kraken at some point as well because they're playing the Islanders right now. Uh, they get the Hurricanes like twice coming up, the Penguins like twice coming up, the Capitals coming up as well. 
Uh, so they also get the Canucks and the Red Wings, though. So you get a little <laughs> bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, in between all of that, in between all the real tests and challenges, those are going to be the two games that they absolutely get annihilated in. By the way. Uh, that's where the backup goes in. Oh, actually, the backup played last night, which I thought was a really smart move coming off of uh, Shesterkin's first All-Star game. Oh, oh, right. Good call. For for as much crap as Gallant Gallant gets for being a bad coach, that was a really smart move. You have a goalie that people were like, but now he hasn't played an actual game in over a week because the Rangers had like seven days off before the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, and he didn't play the last game as well, so everybody's like freaking out about that. And I'm like, I kind of am okay with the fact that he's going to be getting the reps post being in the All Star game where he didn't really, you know, he got lit up. But every goalie gets lit up in the All Star game, so yeah. you know, instead of just throwing him back out there, let's give him some time. Uh, the other big thing as well, uh, we don't have to hammer this to death, but ratings suck. They're down. That's bad. <laughs> uh, and that's part of why we're going to have a flat cap next year. Yeah. Uh, so last week, the news came out that ratings have been down 22%, just sort of across the board this year. Uh, the other big thing is that Bally Sports, who, you know, you're spoiled with your MSG network, you don't have to worry about them so much. Uh, but for a probably for the majority of the league, handles a lot of the local team broadcasts. Uh, they're going bankrupt because that is how bad things are for them this year. Uh, it, I, I feel like this has been talked about to death over the last week. And the big summary seems to be, you know, everything from, you know, the product not being good to the you know, second year of the ESPN deal. Not Everyone's not as curious about it. To, uh, the board ads are being blamed. Essentially, everything that annoys me is the reason the ad, the ratings are down. Uh, but I did see an interesting perspective here from uh, Red Wings legend uh, Carlo Coliacovo. Uh, we don't typically look to players for being experts as to why people watch hockey, uh, but he offered up an opinion, and I kind of wanted to run you through the list of reasons he gave uh, that the ratings are down. I want to see if you agree or disagree. Yeah, let's go through that because <laughs> I don't think anything we say hasn't already been said about it, you know, regarding ESPN and things like that. Yeah. So, so let's, let, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm curious what he has to say. Uh, the first thing he listed is no rivalries. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like he's he's not wrong. You can't you can't compare a you know Rangers Devils game to a nineteen ninety six Rangers Devils game. Yeah. You know it, it's there isn't as much. I feel like there isn't as much hatred in the league. Uh, but there's I don't know you you could say that's definitely a part of it that like certain games used to just be like appointment television, and now like we hardly get worked up over Montreal Boston. Yeah, it's it, it's it is interesting, especially with the original six. But I think that's the other thing is I think that this league spent has spent so much time overdoing those rivalries that 
I don't give a crap. And then if it's not the rivalries, it's going to be Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. Uh, okay, yeah. right now I get it with Ovechkin. You know, every goal he scores is 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 a goal closer to trying to catch the Mordo Yammer Yager. But um, it, it's just one of those like he's right. They're like they're not wisely build it. Like they're not wisely putting the rivalries on TV. Like they they said that they have this stupid playoff format that we have right now that is just atrocious was to create new rivalries. Well, if that's the case, then why aren't the Rangers and the Hurricanes on TV this year? I mean, that what, was what one hell of a new... last year. And those were two I... fans that were, like, the, like to me, like, you bring up a good point. The Ranger-Devil rivalry uh, doesn't feel like the Ranger-Islander rivalry is always going to be the same heated rivalry, no matter how good or how bad our teams are. That is just that's a nucleus of we're going to hate each other. The devil's one with the Rangers has turned like, I, and maybe it's because I'm a Rangers fan. I don't know, but it feels like it's turned more into like the idea of dude, we show up to your arena, your home games against us, our home games for us, our home games are home games. Like how, why are you not coming to watch your, the, the third best team in the league? Like, dude, we're showing up. Uh, so that's kind of how it feels with that one. Like it, 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 because you're right. It doesn't feel like the old Messier Graves and Leach and Richter versus Stevens and, and Brodor and the, the trap defense of really boring hockey that the devils brought about. Um, so yeah, you know, and, like, but, 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 and even stepping, stepping outside of our teams for a minute, the whole point of this weird playoff format was that it's supposed to put together these new yeah. division rivalries. And and God God bless, I love the first two rounds. Uh, just doubleheaders every single night. I, I I do enjoy that time of year. But like Toronto Tampa hasn't really become a thing. No. You know, Minnesota St. Louis, not not an active rivalry, you would call it. There hasn't been anything new that's emerged with the exception of like the Golden Knights and a couple of people. But even then, that's not that strong. And they never have leaned into the Golden Knights when the Golden Knights have clearly, you know, ha- have done, have established themselves as the best expansion team ever in any freaking sport, I'd say, at this point but they've missed the playoffs once. Uh, and they just seem to always kind of do things right over there since that, since that expansion draft. So, you know, I, I don't like they, they've had the setups for good rivalries, but they've either not capitalized on the ones that were there. Or again, you're right. Like I do not care when Boston and Toronto play, especially in the playoffs. Cause I know Boston's beating Toronto. Yeah. And just like, I don't know, it's hard to put into words just like what exactly is missing there. But like the rivalries that I've always known, like the coaches didn't like each other. The GMs didn't like each other. Like the trainers would you know start pulling at each other if given the opportunity. It was just just a different like, time back then, man. It was the 90s. Yeah. We hated everybody and everything. And now we're all this, you know, peace, love and happiness society. No hate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Safe space yeah. on the ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially the, for Tony D'Angelo. The Angela. next reason. <laughs> the next reason he gave uh, lacking storylines. Agreed. Agreed again, because while we've talked about how I like the way that ESPN at least tries to like does the promotion of the games and they try to do it based on the players, you know, like with the OV chase, tune in and watch Alex Ovechkin as he mm-hmm. tries to pass Gordy Howe and move one goal closer to uh, the great Wayne Gretzky. Like that was cool. Okay. Awesome. They have Mark Messier doing a thing cause he works for them. All right, cool. I'm, I'm in. But why do I care about some of these games? What's going on? Like, we don't know the players. We don't know the personality. There's not like, like in the NFL, you know, I I won't even use the the Super Bowl as an example, but like just in the NFL, especially you wanted to, all right, you want to circle back to the rivalries for a second? The NFL, when the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills face each other in the regular season, it's a must-watch game. The Will Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills defeat the team that prevented them from getting to the Super Bowl last year. Will Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Super Bowl favorite team this year? Like they do a great job at making it. It feels like it's it's a freaking wrestling match, man. And they don't know how to do the WWE sell. Uh, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it means they're not rigged like the NFL apparently is. And and they're not getting scripts <laughs> in the NHL like the NFL players are getting scripts. Uh, and, and if you believe that, then then this weekend, get ready because Philadelphia is winning the Super Bowl, apparently. Uh, that's what the script is. Yeah, I, if it's scripted, Detroit Lions fans would like a win. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, yeah, the, the my gut reaction to that part was like, no, there's totally storyline. So Ovechkin, you know, chasing Gretzky, you know, remember like everything between Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane. And then I went and looked it up and the last big Reeves-Kane fight was in 2019. So I, I yeah, he may be on to something like that. I, it, I Part of that is just probably due to the players being a lot more reserved than we would like. But, you know, the the different storylines going back and forth, you know, you would have thought uh, Huberto going back to Florida was a bigger deal. But like it was it was pretty uneventful. It it all flew under the radar, which is interesting because because you're right again, like like but that's that's what I mean. But that's really what I mean, like what the NFL does great. And, And I think outside of the fact that it's a once a week thing and that's, you know, 18 weeks, all of that. And then you're in the playoffs and that's easy enough for a society that I, I believe society has ADD. We get, we, you know, you might not as a, you, you might not as a listener have ADD, but as an overall societal world, we get so distracted and move on to something else so quickly. So football is easy to follow while an 82 game season are they playing Monday? Are they playing Wednesday? Or do they have a Wednesday, Thursday, you know, eight o'clock start, seven thirty, this and that. Uh, that's actually something if he doesn't mention, I'll, or I'll just throw out now. I think another reason the ratings yeah. suck is they should do staggered start times like the NBA. Like they, I mean, they have staggered start ADD? times right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. What yeah. yeah. Right there. I just I'm, I'm sorry. I was looking at my phone. Oh, well, yeah, that we all get a little distracted by things. So football is easy enough to follow. But 
Yeah. Circling back um, to this, thank you for stopping my ADD for a second. But they do a great <laughs> job at selling the you want to watch this game because it's somebody's return. When Brady went back to New England, we all knew when that game was happening. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. And, like, and, you know, like think about when Tavares went back to the island. That should have been a much bigger situation. Like, and that ended up being a huge night. They threw a freaking snake they threw at snakes him. on the ice. A fake snake, but they threw snakes <laughs> on the ice, man. Like there were snakes on the ice. Samuel L. Jackson showed up. Like it was wild. <laughs> and, and and the 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 thing about the staggered start times, like it always drives me nuts to see the way they do something like March Madness where like it's on a weekday, but we're just going to have basketball on the entire day. Like the first day of the NHL season should be something like that to where you can like pull up to a bar the minute it opens and know that you're not going home until it closes and you're just going to be able to watch hockey games the whole time. Yeah. I think, I mean, listen, major league baseball has kind of, I don't know if teams have just done it, but some teams have moved to like starting at like six fifteen because yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's perfect for like, Oh, the kids can come to the game. They get home at a reasonable time. The family does. It's not a late night for them. You know, uh, it's, it, you started earlier too with major league baseball. Like when it's April and may cool, you get a little more sunlight. It's not freezing cold. You're not getting into the fridge. So like, I don't get why, you can't start a game at like six thirty-five, and then you have one that starts at seven and then you have like a seven fifteen or seven twenty puck drop. Like they, they kind of do it in the playoffs with the seven o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock, yeah. you know, like, like you said, like they, they kind of stagger it there. I don't get why the regular season isn't done like that. Cause yeah, I think that would help ratings as well because I wouldn't be sitting there going, Oh, cool. I'm watching, you know, the Bruins penguins, they're in intermission and Oh, I'm, Everybody else is in intermission, and I can I can watch the St. Louis pregame if I want to. Do I really care about the yeah. Blues Kings pregame right now? No, I'd, I'd rather be watching the Blues and the Kings. And by the time the pregame's over, I can flip back to the other game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm, we're totally going down rabbit holes. He yeah, had four other reasons that he. Oh was. God. Uh, more buzz around talk of trades than actual trades. Hmm. All right, so he wants more of like the create, not a creative hot stove, but a full blown like like right now. Uh, you know, I hear Patrick Kane's going to be moving his uh, no trade clause. What team's going to be and like really trying to build things? Uh, or like the NBA, the NBA does does that pretty well actually with the whole building like fantasy trades major league baseball does it like the fantasy like shohei otani right now in his last year with the angels best one of the best players he's like a babe ruth player he pitches and he hits home runs and he's really good but he's in the last year of his contract so everybody's doing that like well what team's gonna put together the deal that brings otani well the new york mets have this many prospects in the great prospect pool but you can't count out the houston texans and you can never count out the los angeles dodgers because they always make it happen and it's like now what if the pittsburgh pirates decide to go for it all of a sudden and if that yeah like i get what you're saying like if if we did like a two-hour show for hockey monday through friday we could 100 percent do it number one 
but there would be a decent amount of those segments that become us just trying to predict where Patrick Keene is going to go when we both realistically know he's probably not going anywhere. Uh so, like, I get what he's saying, that there's a lot more buzz around trades than, like, actual trades that happened. I, I don't totally understand how that connects to decrease rating. So I will disagree as that as a reason. Uh, poor marketing of stars. Oh, yeah. Was I, his next reason. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. We've, uh, you know, like, we've given the praise to ESPN trying. But it's, it's, been, the, it's been the usual suspects. They rolled out Mark Messier. To sell the league, they're real, they're 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 living off the name of watch Alexander Ovechkin chase Wayne Gretzky. Oh, here's Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You know the names. You know where it's like. Yeah, but what about Connor McDavid? Like, wh- what about Hellebuck? Austin Matthews. What about, what, what about Matthews? What about you know? There we can start. Going, what about Tage Thompson now? What about Trevor Zegras? What about like? Let's start going around the league. There are players in a lot of different cities that are just as big as stars that are trust me if people got to watch they would become like imagine somebody watching zegras pull the the uh the zegras i'm not calling it the michigan uh (laughs) imagine if they saw saw him do that on espn some kid watches that they're never turning off hockey after that and, and they and they use that in the commercial. They're like, "Oh, this happened," and then like someone recreated it at this place and in Memphis and in these non traditional markets. Sort of stuff. Like, yeah, that was cool. Like, I don't know how much I can hold it against the NHL because I feel like a lot of the stars aren't that marketable. But you know, Crosby's personality, McDavid's personality. There's just it's harder to market some of them. But like, and I feel like they also probably shy away from pushing Canadian teams too much in the U.S. market. Okay. I would also I would also venture to speculate that since this league is uh, a lot more European, Russian, it's also a little harder to sell that. Uh, Ovechkin works because, you know, Washington, D.C., the guy has been so good, but if he was just – you know, if he was in like, uh, let's say, like think Pavel Bure, a guy that was marketable, yeah. but you know, really good player, Vancouver, but, you know, Florida, like, wasn't. The, yeah, he wasn't the guy though that we were selling ESPN games on back then. Like, but Ovechkin is a guy we can sell ESPN games on because yeah. he's eight hundred goals and counting. Yeah, even if he only plays for 10 minutes that game. the, the exactly. You saw a lot of comparisons this last week saying, you know, well, the NFL will take, you know, oh, Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. Well, we're going to market, you know, this small town team to a large national market. Oh, Peyton Manning's in Indianapolis. Well, guess what? Indianapolis is going to be a big draw for it. And they say that NHL doesn't do that. But I feel like the Capitals weren't exactly a premier market prior to 2005. So I think it's a little unfair to say the NHL doesn't do any of that. Uh, yeah, but the Capitals, again, I feel like it's, 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 it's Ovechkin. It began with kind of the culture change there where they became the team. Uh, where like right now, I, I think my counter argument to that would be, again, using the Carolina Hurricanes. That is a team that in my eyes is 
one of the best teams in the league. They're they're really good. They're they have so many marketable players. But again, we're 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 hinged on thirty eight year olds for whatever reason, as opposed to yeah, Svechnikov, which again could be you know the whole he's not an American. It's going to be hard to sell him. But I, I don't know, like. I, there's room to do it. You're right. Like the capitals are proof. There's room to do it, but I feel that the league moves at a snail's pace with it. Yeah. And like, I don't know how many of that is or how much of that is their names. Uh, like, do you remember the chance the rapper sketch where he's like, Oh, turn around. Let me see your name. And it's like sketchy. And he's oh, like, it was Shay. Okay, it was Brady Shay. Shay, that's who it was. Yeah. You're like, okay, we have an S, a K, and a J. We're, we're not even going to try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. And, and so it's like, I, yeah, I can kind of see where that's an issue. But, you know, between Sveshnikov and Aho, I think the Hurricanes have a lot more to work with than people give them credit for. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use them as a great example with a question we got <laughs> coming up here in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Uh, next, next thing was too many math equations. I mean, every league has too many math equations. That's not, I don't, I don't get that. Like, is he mean the standings? Because that's the same thing. Like again, as any league, what, what's the last, the last four weeks of a football season turn into the, you have to like know how to do long division, add X's and Y's, divide that by an X and a Y, divide it by pi, like I, to figure out if I your team a, is mathematically in it or out. I have a year of calculus under my belt and I tried to follow the Detroit Lions this year. I could not figure out the playoff eligibility. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't it's, know. it's no, no, that's not a reason in the NHL. It's very cut and dry. <laughs> Well, well, he. I think he could be referring to like advanced stats sort of stuff, but like, but again, I feel like that's just like, yeah, I feel like that's just like an option for people. I don't feel like, like some broadcasts have started to embrace it, but definitely not like on an ESPN level. Uh, You can see them like microdosing it almost when they start saying, oh, this number of shots, but this many shot attempts. It's like we're pushing you in the direction of an advanced analytic without you knowing it. Uh, But there's I don't know. That just seems like something you have to put some effort into doing it. And and like I feel like it adds to my understanding of the game a lot. But if someone is just like, oh, like I don't understand PDL, I'm like, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, To me, that's a very easy one, but, like, you still have to put some effort into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You have to actually seek it out a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. I don't know. That's not – that is not – because then that would be across the board in every league. We'd see a downward turn because every league is doing it. The NBA does the advanced stats. Major League Baseball is – there's a whole freaking movie that stars Brad Pitt and Jonah yeah. Hill about how advanced stats. And guess what? That's why advanced stats now exist in the NHL and exist in the NBA and exist in the NFL and exist in every freaking professional sport right now because people realize that advanced stats is actually a pretty good gauge. Yeah. And then uh, the last thing he mentioned is a horrible playoff format. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't need to get any more into that. I mean, we could we could speculate – I know I've mentioned it before. I'd like to just go back to an East-West, kind of like the NBA, just no play in round like the NBA. So I want one versus eight, two versus seven. 
and so on and so forth, but I don't want it to be the Metro and I, I just want an East and a West man. Now we did, I did share with you that one crazy idea that, yeah, I would love it, but I just would, the league will one never through, do it. One through 16. Yeah. One through 16 and holy crap, would that be like, that would be so cool. And, and actually sitting on it a little bit more, I think there is a way to do that where you have an East and a West and then you, you have your points and your point percentage. And then after the eight teams from the East and the West are decided, that's where you look at the point, the point percentage and that's where you rank them now one through 16. So it really is like your top 16 teams in the league make it. But yeah, it would work. Oh God, like there, there are ways to make it work, but oh man, that would be wild. <laughs> Yeah, uh, someone asked Sidney Crosby about it this weekend, and he said he would love to see a return to the one through eight standings, which I kind of get because, like, right now, uh, you know, Toronto or Tampa Bay are probably going to end up with the second or third best division uh, record in their conference, and they're going to have to end up playing each other. Yeah. So, so there's an argument to be made that that's not really a reward for playing well throughout the year. Uh, but you know, it, it's I don't know. I, th- I I think the complaints about it are a little overdone. But like, yeah, it could be better, but it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. But if Sidney Crosby is agreeing with you, you must be doing something right. Hey, it's one of the few times that uh, him and I will agree about anything. I guess. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, we we got to talk. The New York Islanders again. Uh, Bo Horvat got his contract extension, but before we get into that, uh, I had a buddy, uh, one of my buddies from Long Island, listens to the show. He is a big Islanders fan, and he very Long nice, Island, uh, yeah, a Long Island guy. Uh, he actually strong asked, Island. Uh, he asked a question uh, very nicely. I want to put it out there that it was very nice, uh, but he was just curious because. We mentioned last week with the Islanders when we were talking the Horvat trade, we brought up that they're an old team. And he said that he has heard that a lot over the last year, uh, specifically from a lot of Ranger fans who did the like, we're the young, we're young, we're one of the youngest, you're one of the oldest. Oh, uh, and he's just curious after we mentioned that, who exactly we're talking about, uh, kind of if we could pinpoint what we mean by that. And I guess really what I'll start with is that what I mean by the Islanders are old when we say that is it's kind of the way that the league's been going, watching the wind and the way the sails have turned and how teams are focused on getting younger and faster. And a lot of offensive has come from that. Tage Thompson, you know, Cousins, uh, who got a contract extension with the Sabres this past year? You know, you you start looking at Jack Hughes with the with the Devils and things like that. Teams have made those pushes to go younger, while the Islanders have eight forwards in their thirties. Six of them are locked up beyond this year. Lots of money locked into them as well, and you've got four of them with no trade clauses or modified no trade clauses. That being. Lee Anders, who's 32, has four years left at $7 million. 
Brock Nelson, three years, 31, 6 million. And he's got the modified no trade clause. Uh, Pajo, four years, 30 years of age, the modified no trade, 5 million. Paul Mary, three years, no trade clause, 32, 5 million. Uh, some other non trade clauses that might seem okay right now, but when I tell you the years to them, uh, you better hope that that cap does increase. Uh, Ryan Pulak, eight years, no trade clause, 28 right now, uh, 6.15 million. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you got uh, Sor- Sorokin as well, 27, currently making 4 million, but he's going to need that contract at 28 going into his 29 age season. And just for note, the guy across town, same age as him, Russian goalie, uh, Shesterkin, he's making 5.6 million at 27 years of age. So I imagine you're going to look at that as a starting line. And you're probably also looking at the fact that it's going to be a one year later. He's going to be in the Vesna race, all that stuff. You're looking at like $6.5 million for him in a year. That's what I mean by it. And when you look at the young players as well, oh, by the way, I didn't even bring up the fact that you still have Cal Clutterbuck. He's on the IR right now, but he's going to be back next year at 36 at that point at 1.75. And then you have the new deals going on. The Barzell one, I'm not going to touch. I talked about it when he signed it. I, you know, dude's 25 right now. I have no issue with that nine-year deal. Like you struck perfectly on that. Case. Yeah. That contract is going to look so good when he is in his 30s, the part of your career where it's not so much the prime anymore. And that's the point of it as well with guys like Anders and Nelson. They're hitting that, and Paul Mary specifically, they're hitting that scary age of they're they're starting to slow down. They're not, notice they're not scoring at the rate that they were as well. That's why you went out and got, got, uh, got Horvat because you needed scoring. So the guys that you've given these big contracts to are now hitting their early thirties going into their mid thirties under these deals, locked up a lot of space and the pipeline of the youth is not good. That's why there's a lot of comparison. That's why, you know, and I won't use the Rangers in this example. I'll use the devils. Because the Devils, and I'll use the same. Well, you're branching out. I am branching out, but I'll use the other two uh, New York, New Jersey teams, the Devils and the Sabres, because the Sabres are the youngest team right now in the league. They are the youngest. They are sitting right there, one point behind the Islanders. They have three games in hand on them and are two points, nope, one point behind the Penguins, but but I think the Penguins have the game in hand. Either way, the point being... They are the youngest team and they are right there in the thick of things and they have the games in hand on you and they have been playing great hockey all year. The youngest team in the league and they're fast and they score a lot of goals. The Islanders beat the Flyers two to one. The Sabres are in six, five games, nine, seven games. They are in high scoring games and I got to see the Sabres play. They are a offensive team. (laughs) Uh, And then you have the Devils, a team that, took the baby steps, got there, and now you have Jack Hughes, uh, Nico uh, Hirscher. These guys who are young, getting the job done, and the Devils are one of the top five teams in the league. They're number two in the Metro. like, And they're still competing with the Hurricanes. And And the cap space for these teams is absolutely astronomical. 
And, and the average age for the New York Rangers is 26 years old. The average age yes. for the Devils is 26 to 5. Uh, the average age for the Islanders, 28-44, which is good for 25th out of 32 teams. Uh, yeah. Now, going back to last season, the Islanders were straight up the oldest team in the league, period, bar none. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're talking about how much of the cap is tied up in a lot of things, like I, I'm going to use Boston as an example because they have David Pasternak, 26 years old. Uh, this is his the second deal that he's been on with them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, rather than tell you, you know, how much he's being paid, we'll keep it simple and we'll say, you know, the percentage of the cap that he gets, which is 8.1%. Now, if you compare that over to the Islanders, you know, this is a player that you had from the time that he was 22 to 26. He was 8% of your cap. Uh, Anders Lee 32 years old, taking up eight and a half percent of your cap and will continue to do so for another four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Anders Lee by no means is a bad player, uh, but he's being paid more than David Pasternak, who is one of the league's top scorers. And if McDavid wasn't having the year to end all years, uh, would probably be in the Hart Trophy race right now. If you try to compare the two of those, like – and you say, which of these teams would you rather start with? Everyone would rather start with David Pasternak. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're trying to compare where some teams are, like, yeah, some, you know, Matthew Barza, wow, nine, per, $9 million is a lot. Yeah, but he's at age 25. So that makes a whole lot of sense. It's everyone they put around him that's really concerning. And don't get me wrong, I... I Love Casey Zizekas. When I went to a game out on uh, out on Long Island for that last season they had at the Coliseum, I was this close to buying a Casey Zizekas jersey. I actually bought a Johnny Boychuk one because I like defense, but I was close to getting Casey Zizekas. That's how much I like him. Uh, when you're putting him on the top line next to uh, Matthew Barzal, that's a problem. Yeah. And that's, that's not, you know, like winning. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and again, it's not, it's not really to like, it's not the trash. It's just kind of that, like, that's what, at least that's where, where I'm coming from. And I know, and as you pointed out, that's where you're coming from. It's just looking at the comparisons around the league. It's the question of who do you want to start? It's like when we talked about the, the John Scott comment about McDavid, you, I would never start a team, build a team around him if I want to win a cup because he can't win in the playoffs. The hell? Like, I absolutely would start a team around Connor McDavid. So, so like, that becomes the question. Do you want Connor McDavid or do you want Lee? Do you want McDavid or do you want Palmieri? Like, that's where the que- that's where the comparisons come. That's where – that's what I mean when I go, man, they're an old team. And And also, I just want to throw this out there. The teams ahead of them, uh, to say the older teams, uh, it doesn't get much better, really. The Flames, sure, they're in, but the Avs have a game in hand or are right behind them. Like They are too clustered to feel good. And again, we saw what happened when they played the younger Rangers yesterday. Uh, 
the Bruins are the best team in the NHL, but they're they've hands down have the Vesna goalie this year. And if you can't score, on the and, goalie, and, and when you have Bergeron and Marchand, that's going to drag your average down a lot. Exactly. And, and they are two serious exceptions to aging curves. Exactly. And and I'll get to another one with the Hurricanes here in a second because uh, smash between the Bruins and the Hurricanes, uh, a team that's open for business in the Central, the Blues. Like they're open for business. Uh, the Hurricanes, they're the, they then come in uh, as we continue to move to. Uh, so what is that? Thirty-two, thirty-one, thirty. So so they're the twenty-ninth uh, oldest team. But again, that has a lot to do with Brett Burns and Eric Stahl being on there, not the fact that you have Sveshnikov, twenty-two, uh, locked up for seven years, seven point five million. You have Aho, twenty-five. Uh, locked up for another year at eight point four six million, uh, and guess what? The contract's coming off the book at the end of this year. This team's going to get younger. Uh, you got thirty four year old Jordan Stall off the books. Thirty one year old Jesper Fast. Uh, Paul Stasty comes off the books at thirty seven. Stefan comes off the books, which wow, good for him. He's still playing uh, at thirty two. <laughs> like, but also those aren't the core guys. Like those, that's not Sveshnikov and, and Aho, which are the younger guys that they're invested in. And that's the future. Uh, another team that kind of, you know, the curve thing, but it's, uh, they're helped more by the fact that they're in the Atlantic and that's the Tampa Bay lightning, you know, like, like listen, the Panthers are shockingly horrible this year, but they're in the race for the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, you've got the Canadians, the Senators, and and sorry, John, but the Red Wings in that division. Like, no, no, that's fair. It's pretty much a four team race. Like, you know, like it's a four team race. Like, don't and you know, be one of the best three teams in that division. Uh, the Penguins and the Capitals then round out the two oldest teams. And what have we all been saying for years with them? When will the bottom fall out? Is this the year that the bottom falls out? Because they are old, <laughs> and, and they're and they're still good teams with good players. But I don't think anyone would mistake them for being cup contenders. And, and yes. at the at the yes. end at the end of the day, giving Bo Horvat eight million dollars won't be what sinks this team. It's going to be five million for Josh Bailey. Five million for Kyle Palmieri, six million for Brock Nelson, and so on and so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's and again, that's what we mean. That that's that's where I think we as a show are coming from when we say that. It's not like a, oh man, did you see how slow they were out there? It's like grandpa's. It's like no. When you start doing the matchup, speaking of the analytics, uh, when you start doing the side by sides and the looks at it and the comparison. You need to be worried. And I think you should be worried as an Islanders fan, because also when you look at that metropolitan division that you're in, uh, yeah, the Capitals and Penguins could eventually fall out. But again, they I, I will ask you this, John. Right now, currently, if you were a general manager and you got to pick Alex Ovechkin or Lee, who are you taking? I would default to Anders Lee just because I'd get a lot more out of him. <laughs> All right. That, that example backfired. Sidney Crosby <laughs> or Kyle Palmieri? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, there's, there's definitely a big difference in yeah. skill level that you have with some of those people that are locked up longer term. 
But I can give you three reasons why the Islanders are going to be just fine. Okay, give them away. One is uh, Varlamov coming off the books next year, uh, along with, you know, Scott Mayfield and Richard Ponick, and they're going to have a decent amount of cap room that gets freed up. So all of that going it over to Bo, Bo Horvat works out just fine. Uh, you know, you'll have a few other moves here and there, but they're okay. Uh, next, the thing they did yesterday, they scored a power play goal. And uh, over the last couple months, their their power play has been running at like 5%. Oh, gosh. Not for the entire season, but the last few months here. And uh, the other thing that is a reason they're going to be just fine is the Islanders legend, Bo Horvat, as we spoke, just scored his 32nd goal against the Seattle Kraken. His career high in goals. Hey. Assisted by, hey. assisted by Matthew Barzal. There you go. So hey, you so, know, it's not it's not all I don't mean to be doom and be like, ah oh, ha 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 LOL Islanders fans, ha ha ha. Cause because again, I don't I don't hate the bars uh, or the uh Horvat deal. Barzal, I definitely don't hate that deal. I don't hate the Horvat deal. I get it. I I question the idea of, you know, the eight years, but I get why he got eight years. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah, but I, and, and at that point, four years down the road, you know, yeah, we'll have a flat cap next year, but we'll probably increase by then. So four years down the road, that might not be too bad. Yeah. And that's when you start. Yeah. Granted, like ratings stay down 22%. That cap's not going anywhere. That's true. Uh, but did you did you see what Lou Lamorello said about the deal? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. We have to talk about that because he really, of all people, he's going to make that comment that these contracts are getting out of control and out of hand. And it's a lot of money and a lot of years. Dude, you're the guy that gave out that like 35 year deal a boathouse, a mansion in Jersey to a guy that took off to freaking run home to Russia for nine years. Like you're the reason these contracts get like, pretty much. He's the reason like I, th- what that was one of the reasons we ended up with a salary cap. It, so, so I have something pulled up here and it is the, Quote for Lou Lamorello when he signed the Kovalchuk deal. And uh, to make sure everyone's up to speed, what we're making light of is the fact that Lou straight up said to a reporter, it's for, it's signed for too long and for too much money. And I genuinely could not tell if he was joking. Uh, but it, here's, here's a quote at the time uh, for uh, the historic uh, – rejected 17-year contract for Ilya Kovalchuk for the Devils. Quote, you'd have to speak to ownership about that. The commitment that ownership has made here, this is a commitment and a decision they wanted to make for this type of player. And all I can do is say whether the player is a player that will fit into the team, can help the team, and is not a risk as a player. As far as what the financial commitment is and that aspect of it, that was out of my hand. So, you know, he really, you know, endorsed this kind of deal uh, for having players long-term like this. Yeah, I mean, 
that's 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 why the comment was so what because he's one of the he handed out like the longest contract in NHL history, and I think I saw. I, and he I, was I, in, and was so open about not liking the fact that he did that. Just seemed so wild to me. But it, it, you know, maybe if you put as much restrictions on salaries as you did facial hair, then we may not be where we are. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. From that, I want to quickly move into because you mentioned uh, Horvat's contract, uh, the eight point five million over eight years. Uh, I got to get your take on this because there's another center out there, lots of eyes on him. I hate this. Uh, a little bit younger than Horvat, uh, and I know you've got some thoughts on it. Uh, talking about Dylan Larkin. What do you think this contract does? Do you think Larkin is looking for the same deal? Do you think he gets a deal done? Do you think he weighs his no trade clause? What what what, what do you what do you think happens here, Red Wings guy? Uh, it seems like all indicators are that he's going to sign at some point. Uh, man, you you don't feel comfortable watching the watching the way this goes granted they haven't been like nasty out in public about it or anything like that so it's not like they're you know going back and forth through the media negotiating or anything like that uh but you know Bo Horvat has higher you know career goals and things like that than Larkin does but they're fairly comparable players and the Rumor has always been that Larkin's asking for nine million, while uh, Detroit is real comfortable at eight. Uh, so the fact that Horvat comes in right in at eight point five makes you feel optimistic a deal will get done. And I I could not see him pl- wanting to play for another team, especially being the captain of the Red Wings, being from Waterford, Michigan. Uh, probably having grown up watching a decent number of Steve Eiserman highlights, and now he's your general manager. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it, you couldn't blame him if he was able to find, he probably would be able to find a whole lot more money than that on the open market. Oh, yeah. And and you can, if you're in Steve Eiserman's position, he, you can say all day, you know, well, your market value is this, but. You know, you can't exactly just go out in the market and get that, you know, for what he brings to the team. So I don't know. I'm stressed. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I feel like he's going to resign. I, I don't think he gets traded. And even if the contract doesn't come before the deadline, I don't think he waives his no trade clause. I don't see him doing that, which yeah, I, which then becomes a little bit scarier. I, I would, uh, you know, for you Red Wings fans, because then there's always the possibility he could just walk. Yeah, which you know he's under no obligation to waive the trade clause if he doesn't want to. So I can't hate him for that. Uh, but if if it gets you within two weeks of the deadline and there hasn't been a deal yet. Uh, I, I feel like I can speak for most Red Wings fans when I say we will be on pins and needles waiting to hear what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, rightfully so. That's uh, that's a key for the Red Wings. And, and you know, you guys are one of the 
five youngest teams in the league as well. You know, it's working out, out great. Out of the five youngest teams, only two are not in the playoffs this year or in the playoff race. And unfortunately, the Red Wings are one of them. But, you know, whatever. I, I think that Larkin's a big key, though, to taking that next step. You guys, you guys took the steps and then you tried to take the leap step this year. It's just, it didn't, it, 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 the leap step. It's like you, you missed the step and you fell. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, and it's far from the end of the world to yeah. go from being the 10th best team to the, you know, 14th or 15th best team. It's just the issue becomes if you're consistently between the 12th and 16th team for multiple years, then you're the Nashville. That's Predators. A, that's, yeah, that's the worst place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, mentioning the no-move clauses and all that stuff, uh, somebody who we're keeping a vested eye on, Patrick Kane. Uh, apparently, Pat Brisson, his agent, mentioned that there are some teams interested and that a decision will be made very soon whether or not Kane will turn in his teams and waive his uh move clause i mean if all i had to give up was a seventh round pick yeah i'd be interested in them too uh there's there's something to be said for reading between the lines on some of this stuff and when you just see oh teams are interested it's like well yeah sure they are like whether or not it's worth giving up significant assets to acquire a player like that that's a totally different story Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know I, I saw the typical team names that have been mentioned with Patrick Kane all the time, the playoff contenders and things like that. But hey, either way, you know, uh, his a, I, I do just want to say it's worth noting that I mentioned his agent, Pat Brisson, and, and that's because uh, that's Claude Giroux's agent. So if you remember how last year kind of played out with that, we knew that Giroux was going to waive his his no trade clause. Uh, we knew what teams were on it. It was a very small list of teams, and the deal was made. And if I remember, it was made before. And they the still deadline. got a first for him. Yeah, so I feel like it might play that way. In if he's mentioning that there's going to be a decision soon, I feel like they're narrowing down the teams that they're interested in. Like they're just monitoring, like. Okay, I want to go to, you know, uh, the Rangers, the Sabres, and let's just say, like, for giggles, Vegas was on that list. You know, like, those are the teams. A deal could get done before the deadline with that. So, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I thought that was, when I, when I was reading the article on it, I, I, was, I was like, oh, that's worth noting. Because um, I remember how those deals went down last year. Because that was, like, a big, like, Will Will Giroux waive his no trade clause? He's gonna waive it. What teams? Oh, like speaking of excitement and drama, there is a little bit of that with that. So you know, like you could be building up with that with Kane right now. So uh, now, one thing to throw in there is you mentioned Vegas. Did you see their big issue that came up? I did not see it. Mark Stone is out for the season. He had to have back surgery again. And that is not good uh, for Mark Stone and for yeah. Vegas. So yeah. So as far as teams looking to make moves at the deadline, hmm. uh, Vegas just shot way up that list. Yeah, 
And so they will definitely be somebody to keep an eye on for sure. Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, listen, it's, it's probably, there are a lot of worth no notable players to mention that have no move clause, no trade clauses, partial ones, this and that guys that could be moving at the deadline. Like, you know, uh, mentioned Larkin, mentioned Kane. Uh, on the flip side, I did see that uh, Jonathan Taves might not waive his no trade clause, uh, his no movement clause. So he might just ride it out and go into free agency. Uh, but then you got like Tarasenko, uh, Klimberg, uh, Sean Monahan has a partial no trade clause as well. Matt Matt Dumba, uh, Shattenkirk's out there. Uh, Dandenov. Uh, then you've got other ones though, that I think the, the ones that you definitely are going to see move for sure. The ones that have none, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I expect is going to go somewhere probably soon. Yeah. Um, Timo Meyer, we've talked about, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi thoughts on that. Uh, I feel like hardly anyone's seen him play, so it's hard to say where they would send him. Okay. Uh, but I think that's someone that teams it'll be a little similar to Patrick Kane and yeah, teams are interested. Uh, are they interested enough to give up uh, significant assets? It's probably not the best idea. Okay. Uh, but you if think you, he's the uh, Kane substitute. So like how you joked, if I can get Kane for a seventh, do you feel like Bertuzzi's the, Oh, we didn't give up the first or the second for Kane and the prospect. So here's a mid-level prospect and a fifth. Yeah, I think if you are in on wingers, you miss out on Timo Meyer, you miss out on Patrick Kane or just want to avoid Patrick Kane, uh, maybe, you know, late in the deadline, you're faced with the decision of, okay, we make this move for Tyler Bertuzzi or we do nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, and then another name that uh, I dropped on my list uh, that I, well, actually, I have two more. Uh, Van Riemsdyke, it just feels like Philly's trying to, you know, they, they're they trying to lose. Uh, and then Ivan Barbashev I had on my list because that's been somebody that just as a Rangers fan, I think would be a great addition to them, but would be a, a, just a wonderful pickup for any team at the deadline that's looking for some help down the middle and, and, and in their bottom six, a guy, but a guy that can also play up. Yeah, like if you're going after Barbashev to be your second line center, you're you're a team that's in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but if you want him to be on your third or fourth line, uh, sometimes those are the types of players that make the difference between a long cup run and a early round exit is those depth players. Because, you know, for every team that has Steven Stamkos, there's another team that has, you know, Austin Matthews or whoever the comparables may be. Uh, a lot of teams that aren't Detroit have that game-breaking talent there. And when you get deep into the playoffs right there, what really starts to make a difference is those depth players. And he and he already has a cup to his name. I could see a lot of people being real, real interested. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and again, that's why I put him on my list. I, you know, I think that would be... I know the Rangers are looking for some offense and things like that, but that's a guy that, you know... As a Rangers fan, I'm like, get them. But if I was a fan of any team that was making a playoff push and was looking for, like like you mentioned, depth, bottom six help, something like that, 
I 100%. And I don't think, I don't think, you know, the price might be a little steep, but it's not going to be a first. It's not going to be a second. It might be like a third or something like that. Uh, and, and again, like a mid-level prospect, uh, but not that high-end prospect on your team. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and at this point, Luke Shen's going to get traded, right? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. That that's that's good. That's got to be a, a very high target. Again, not to play top line minutes, but just as a depth piece, Luke Shen is another one of those type of players that can really make a difference come playoff time. All right. Uh, all right. Moving on from unless you got some things with the trade that you want to throw out there. Uh, not particularly. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, then really the last things that I have on my rundown, uh, over here is that the Sabres gave Dylan cousins, a seven year, 49.7 million contract extension. Uh, he's 21 third NHL season. He's already set a career high this year, 17 goals and, uh, 43 points in 49 games. I mean, the Sabres are locking up their kids, man. They're locking up their core. Tage Thompson, uh, Samuelson were locked up prior earlier in the year. So, yeah. Yeah, this I was surprised to see them lock him in for that long. Uh, but I could be wrong, but I think this will take him to unrestricted free agency. So I, if you have the chance to lock somebody in there, I, I think you got to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially if you're, you know, Buffalo, who, let's face it, isn't necessarily at the top of the list of everyone's, you know, top free agent destinations. No. So, uh, yeah, it it makes sense to me. It's a it seems like a lot for it. But I said that about Tage Thompson, too. So I I think maybe I will just uh, wait to uh, to pass judgment on that. Yeah, I'm just not going to judge the Sabres uh, harshly anymore because I actually feel like they've they've turned the corner. I think this season has been a great year for them. Uh, now that I said all of this, they're going to like Sabre fans are going to come at me because they're like, "Shut up, Nick! You're, we're going to start losing <laughs> now because you're giving us props." But like, no, seriously, I think if you're a Sabres fan, there's there's a lot there to be excited about. Uh, I like I like this deal because, like you said, it takes them up to the to the unrestricted free agency like you locked in a guy for the next seven years that's having a career year is part of your young core that you think is going to be able to get you into the playoffs you might be an early round exit for a year or two but you might also end up having a new york rangers style run all of a sudden where the kids just really lose their minds and take it to the next level and carry the team but yeah like because again that's a team that's being carried by its young talent as you know they should be uh he's right about where you'd like to see somebody be for their third nhl season uh he's playing on that second line right now between jj paterka and jack quinn which is a pretty good place to be uh, if all three of them kind of take a step forward next year, that is going to be a team's offense to really watch out for. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that if you're the Sabres, you can make the playoffs and you can avoid being swept. 
that's a huge, huge success for the year, especially compared to what everyone's expectations were for you. Yeah, I think we had we had them, we ranked them pretty low, actually, if I remember in our uh, preseason rankings. I don't recall that at all. I'm pretty sure we are 100% correct so far. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everything we predicted uh, was was correct, especially the fact that the Blackhawks would be near the bottom of the league. Uh, all right. Yeah. Last thing I've got, let's give a, let's give a big celebration. Yamer Yager, in his 51 years of age, has now passed Wayne Gretzky after he scored his 1,099th career goal i don't think that's right um career point (laughs) (laughs) yeah career points now uh he has 11 points 19 games he's been playing over in the uh czech republic for the team that he's owned uh cladno so yeah uh yager still playing still putting up points and uh through all the international play, NHL play, and all that stuff, he now has more points than Gretzky has. Yeah, and if we're counting leagues outside of the NHL, oh boy, if you added Gordie Howe's WHA oh, yeah, years, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's this is – listen, I love that Yager's still playing. It's, it's kind of hysterical because – I mean, this is a dude that's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's probably going to be going into the Hall of Fame at like 75 years of age. <laughs> yeah, the the issue for those that don't understand is you have to have stopped playing for, I think it's three years. It might be five years. Yeah. Uh, you stop playing any form of professional hockey. Uh, but the fact that he keeps on doing it, uh, makes it so he can't get inducted to the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah, which I think at some point, like Gary Bettman's just going to come along and go, you know, we got to get Yame Yaga into the Hockey Hall of Fame. It doesn't matter. They, like, they're just going to make some Yaga rule and put him in there at some point. Because the thing yeah. is, is like, like the reason he's still playing is not like he's chasing the game and he doesn't want to retire. It's actually because it's it's keeping this team alive. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Yager is the reason this team is not folded and the reason that they exist. So he goes out there, people come, it keeps the team going. It means these players get to keep playing. It means people still have jobs. Like that's why he's playing. And, and it's cool that he is like to be 51 and be like, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm still going to in 19 games, put up 11 points against kids. Like, yeah. and he's not playing every single game for him or everything like that. But I think they, there's been uh, situations where they've had injuries and stuff like mm-hmm. that this year. And he's just said, well, to hell with it. I'll suit up then. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's pulled the, what I wish we get more of in like the NHL at times. Uh, the coach just suiting up like the former player. Like, could you imagine like uh Laviolette? just throwing on the skates one day and hitting oh, the ice again. Uh, or actually, you know what? I'll throw, I'll give you a better one. Could you imagine Rob Rendemore going out there for the hurricanes? Oh God, that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with Rendemore, man. That's, that's like the most ripped coach I think I've ever seen in a professional sport. Oh God. Um, all right. Did you have uh, anything else? For, uh, 
No, I think that is pretty much everything I have had today. I just remind everyone that they can tweet me uh, on Twitter at JTEvan0 or uh, don't. You know, I'm not the boss of you. All right. And I'm wonderful underscore radio. So, yeah, same thing. Do or don't. Yeah. So there is no try. Sorry for going <laughs> long, everybody, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.